Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Today we celebrate the blessed feast um, of Pentecost. Pentecost is a, an incredibly beautiful feast that actually goes back into early Judaism, much earlier. And one of the most ancient traditions that you find, which probably also goes back into Judaism, is this idea of decorating the church in green, as you can see with some plants, where people would bring branches, leaves and flowers um, to celebrate Pentecost. And there's a number of reasons for that. The first one is historical. The first one is historical. In Judaism, Pentecost was on the commemoration of 50 days after Passover. So after they celebrated the Passover where they the, would, would kill a lamb and spread the blood of that lamb on their doorposts so that the angel of death passed over them um, and killed all of the firstborn in Egypt. Then when the people of Israel then went into their exodus and started wandering through the desert, 50 days later, so seven weeks later, they celebrated the feast or the, uh, known as Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks. So it's seven weeks after Passover. In Christianity, just to kind of orient that, uh, Christ was crucified on the day of Passover because he becomes our Passover lamb, the one by who, through his blood, we are saved. And then so seven weeks after that, now is what is called as the Jewish Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of the Weeks. On that 50th day, the reason they celebrate it was because on that 50th day, the people started to become dejected, confused. They were wandering around in the desert. They weren't sure of food sources. They didn't understand what was happening. They didn't know where the promised land would be. And so the Lord then gave them, through Moses, the Ten Commandments, two tablets, divinely written with the finger of God to guide the people of Israel. But it wasn't just a guide. It was a time of deep agitation. They were confused, they were disoriented, they didn't know which direction to go. And so the commandments not only guided them, they comforted them. It was the sign of the presence of God among them. That's why they built the Ark of the Covenant and they put the Ten Commandments inside them. As a sense or a, an abiding presence of God among them. It was comforting them. It was also at that time, a time of spring. When the whole mountain would have been covered with flowers, with greenery, with new life, the beginnings of little plants growing among the place. And so from that time, so from Passover, they then started to celebrate this new feast, commemorating the, the, the descent of the Ten Commandments. And so as they began to celebrate that being spring, as a sign of God's presence among them, they brought the first fruits of spring, the first fruits of the harvest. They brought all of their first fruits, whether it was wheat, whether it was grain, whether it was flowers, all of the beginning of their harvest, they would bring into the temple and they would cover their houses with this greenery, with this sign of your life. As though it was symbolic of the fact that the commandments were given to them in the time of spring. The commandments gave them new life. The commandments gave them a new direction. The commandments comforted them. And so maybe because of that, the historical remnant, today we still have that, this tradition of celebrating by decorating our homes and our churches in greenery, in remembrance that God gave them a divine law, in remembrance that God comforted them. 
But the second reason is much deeper than that. If you were listening in the gospel today, our Lord said, actually he whispers almost, that when he goes, when he departs, when he leaves them, and to put this in context, imagine you're one of his disciples, that you've followed him, you've given up everything for him, and then now he starts to speak about his impending death, that he would leave them. And so he says to them, whispers to them, that when he goes, he will send them a parakletos, which is a Greek word which means the comforter. I will send you a comforter. That is the name above all names that we have for the Holy Spirit, a comforter, the one that comes to comfort us. And that is the meaning of the feast today of Pentecost. That at this moment, the earliest followers of Christ, just like the people in the Exodus who were confused, agitated, disoriented, now they have just witnessed the crucifixion of Christ. He's resurrected, he's been among them, he's ascended, and now they're lost. Who will guide us now? Christ is no longer among us. Who will guide us now? And so they were gathered in this room, praying in this state of agitation, this, this, this state of confusion. And then today, on the day of Pentecost, just as the Lord gave His Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, in Exodus, to guide the people and comfort the people, instead now, the Holy Spirit descends into the hearts of the apostles indwelling them. God was no longer writing His commandments on some tablets. He was now writing His commandments on their hearts within them. And so today then, also we are comforted because the Holy Spirit descends to comfort the church who, although they're agitated and confused that they've lost Christ, they have now been comforted by another comforter. If you observe in the Gospel, in John 14, 16, Christ is very specific that he says, I will send you another paracletos. He doesn't say I'll send you a comforter. He says I will send you another comforter. A second comforter. Because he was our first comforter. And so he now sends the Holy Spirit to comfort us in the same way that Christ comforted us when he was on this earth. That means that our experience of Christ, our experience of the presence of God within us, is just as real as even it was of the disciples who were physically in contact with Christ. One of the a great, great um, Russian priests, Father John of Kronstadt, St. John of Kronstadt, said everything that breathes, breathes by air and cannot live without air. Similarly, all reasonable creatures live by the Holy Spirit as, though, as through air and cannot love without air. Recognize that the same Holy Spirit stands in the same relation to your soul as air stands to your body. Just as you cannot survive without air, you cannot survive without the Holy Spirit. You cannot love without Him. You cannot forgive without Him. You cannot show mercy without Him. We cannot be comforted without Him. We cannot have life without Him. And that's why today the church is decorated in greenery. We come to Him just as the, in early Judaism they came with their first harvest. We come with these little plants, little shoots, the beginnings. The beginnings of new life. And we bring that to Him, remembering that we bring that to Him because He put that new life in us. Symbolic of the fact that that new life is us. Christ's death, His resurrection, and the pouring out of His Spirit into our hearts, His indwelling in us, is the beginning of new life. 
It is the first fruits of new life. But it still needs to be nourished. It still needs to grow into the kingdom of God as Christ says. And so the Holy Spirit comes now in this dark winter, the beginnings of spring, to begin new life in us, comforting us in ways that we cannot understand. One of the early church fathers, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, um, during the time of great persecution, wrote these words. He says, Very often someone has been outraged and dishonored unjustly for the sake of Christ, which today is many of us, whether it's in our careers, whether it's in our lives, whether it's because of certain sacrifices that we have to make. We are very often outraged and dishonored unjustly for the sake of Christ. And he writes and continues, Martyrdom is at hand, torches on every side, and fire and sword and savage beasts in the pits. But the Holy Spirit softly whispers to him, wait on the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God within us. The second comforter, who not only gives us new life, but comforts us. So then may we all come to the Lord today with our cold winter hearts. May his indwelling of the Holy Spirit transform our hearts so that the beginning of a new plant, the beginning of new life, the first fruits of new life begins. That what is in our hearts then becomes a sign of new life in the world. A sign of newness in the world until it's fulfilled in the kingdom. Glory be to God forevermore. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.